Welcome to Crossing Phase, the podcast where a Christian and a Muslim talk religion impossible. What could possibly go wrong? My name is Matt Hawkins. I'm a former policy director for the Southern Baptist Convention, and my co-host, John Pinna, is founder and president of Muslims for Muslims. We worked together in Washington for several years, and now we have both escaped Washington for the most part, and I'm working on a PhD program in a field called public theology and teaching part-time, and my friend John is making donuts alongside running his new Muslims for Muslims uh, nonprofit. Donuts and national security and multi-faith <laughs> engagement. That's, that's, that's how I'm going to spend my twilight years. Although really comes I'm down really to nervous. pastry diplomacy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I believe in vodka diplomacy. I, I'm, I'm just nervous about this spider on the wall over there. It's across the room, but I can see it, and I feel like it's going to attack me. Especially so, when you're not looking. It's going to move closer when you're Yeah, not I just feel like it's, it's plotting. But so, I take broad social trends personally, so I feel like somehow or for some reason this, this – it's like a walking hand. Yeah. yeah. So, so if John's eyes dart off the screen and you look distracted, it's uh, nothing I'm, personal. It's you're you're fearing for your life over here. Well, I'm eyeballing. I'm definitely mm-hmm. eyeballing it, and I just keep it in keep it, just keep in track of it to make sure it's not going to dart into my mouth and lay right. eggs. Now, I asked earlier when we were before we started recording. Now, I know you're in upstate New York, so it does get cooler there before it gets cool here in Tennessee. It is cool, it but is but I asked about. Chill. There's a chill because I asked if you were wearing a turtleneck already in early September. Uh, yeah, and you said no. no. Is, you corrected me. This is uh, so. Uh, like, this is the day. So there's, <laughs> I have everybody running things, and I usually go out and socialize. But this is the day where I have to actually, I have to actually make donuts. Every once in a while, I go out and I make, I faux make donuts. I come out and make right. maybe a little few here, few there. But <laughs> you need in a kitchen. So here's the thing: and normally in a kitchen, you need to have something that covers your beard. Otherwise, you know, fur can end up in everything. (laughs) Now the state of New York has said that you can wear this to guard against fur in food. The gator style mask. Yeah. I get savaged by the anti-maskers. So we are in (laughs) the post mask phase of New York. Now I'm not going to muddy the water with, the Cuomo situation, not going to muddy the water with it. Although I, I wanted to impeach Cuomo years ago because they renamed the Tappan Zee bridge, the Cuomo bridge. Uh-huh. And the Tappan Zee were the Tappan were a, a tribe of American natives. And there's no reason to change it to the Cuomo bridge other than vanity. And I felt like that was the indicator that we should remove them. So let me just say that before anybody wanted to get rid of them, before anybody wanted to do it, it was like, it, you know, you don't, we don't need to, we don't need to savage any more American natives on the planet. How about that? Let, let alone New York. Okay. So that's my, that's my stance, but we're in the post mask phase. If you've been vaccinated, you don't need a mask in right. restaurants. If you're vaccinated, you don't need a mask. Except for unless you're working in the kitchen, of course you need a mask right. and you need to wear gloves and all this stuff. Yeah, because kitchen protocols came along long before the pandemic. So you already had some kind of kitchen protocol. Well, I don't know anybody who wants hair in their food. Like, I just don't know anybody who has that stance. I've never met anybody. Maybe there are people in it. But I get savage because I have an open kitchen, and they, you don't need to wear a mask. I don't know who you think you are. And I I, I just sit there and go, are we, 
It's a different I was like, world. do you hear what the words are coming out? I was like, look, I, I'm all for my beard getting in your food, but the state of New York is <laughs> adamantly against it, is what I tell them. And so, um, but if you want to start a petition, I will start a petition, but no one's ever, no one's really ever executed the petition with me. So right. I haven't got one signatory, but um, there are people that are very p- verbally passionate about no masks, no safety in the kitchen because of the yeah. politics behind the mask. So I, and I, I just, I don't know how to, it gets to a point where sometimes you're, I don't even want to put it on, but I have to legally. Yeah. And two years I ago, know someone's going to say something. Yeah. Two, two years ago, wearing some kind of face covering in a kitchen would not have raised any conversation at all. He was just like, oh, dude has, a, dude has a beard, doesn't want to get his beard in my food. I appreciate that. Right. But now, but now you're being heckled. Right. It's like it, it becomes a personal freedom issue. And I have about and I and I told him, I go, it's it, you, there's, I can't control the how this works. I will be eating a sandwich and sometimes I go, there's a hair, but it's mine. It's from the beard, you know, and it, it's funny how when a, when if someone will brush like, you know, your, the people will brush each other's hair or braid each other's hair or, or you know. Feel your beard, but the second it leaves the person, it becomes just completely like a hate crime. It's it, <laughs> what, you know, everybody's freaked out, skeeved <laughs> by it. So someone needs to do a study about that transition from like every because everybody's oh let me touch your beard oh my god it's so soft you know oh, and then the second it's in their hand they're like eh. what do you think? <laughs> I affirm the. Eh. You know, so I just, I'm just saying, Instant, you know, it's like, instantaneous. I, I, I could put my head on top of your head with my beard, your head right here, hanging over your, your, uh, what's it called? Um, your eyebrows and everybody will laugh and think it's funny and everything else. But the second a little bit of hair go, is on your cheek and it's not yours. You're going to be like, we, we can't have JT in the house for the next 30 days. I'm freaked out by him. <laughs> you know, am I wrong? No. You're you're not, you're not wrong. I I also live in a household with with two ladies, and I'm forever like, you know, right. long 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 hairs that are clearly not mine. Um, yeah, but that's like a beautiful over. thing, isn't it? It's like that's you know, it's uh, there. First of all, your family and you know, long hair, you know, tangles and you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, strawberry strands of hair and things like that are it's, you know, beautiful and, and, and probably comforting in some manner, shape or way. It's very Rapunzel-ish. <laughs> Wasn't she making something out of her hair? Was she making some, like a, I can't remember what she was making. I'm not good with any of my fairy tales. Was Rapunzel, was she weaving something? Is that the fairy tale with her, with the spindle? Her, her hair, as I understand it, only from the Disney portrayal. Right. Uh, Rapunzel hair, Rapunzel's hair is magic. And it keeps her mother, no, it, not her mother, the witch who kidnapped her. It keeps her young, and so that's why she that's why she keeps Rapunzel nearby. Uh, no, I think it's proximity. Don't ask me this; it's not one that my daughter has frequently watched. Right. You're not up on your it. on your. I'm not up on the details, but basically, her but hair is I'm, magic. I'm a hundred times worse. So, and she no was idea. she was stolen as a baby. And made to live with her uh, a witch who uh, pretended to be her mother and kept her in captivity, basically, so she could reap the uh, youthful by- byproducts of this of of the magical hair 
Um, okay, Disney Lightning. It was something. Now. Something had to. Something has to do with. I think if she sings, it it emanates uh, magical. Yeah, I, powers, I can't wait. Magical at all. healing. Let's powers. do a Disney Lightning round. Let, oh, let's no. do a Disney right. Lightning. So right. Cinderella is the shoe, right? And the the three sisters with the the pumpkin, the pumpkin carriage, right? Yes, correct. Cinder, there's Cinderella. What's there's and then we just talked about Rapunzel, right? That's right. a yeah. that's with the hair, and sh- the guy's got to climb up on the hair to save yep. her. Yep. Uh, there's Snow White, which is the apple. Apple, apple, and the seven little guys. And and the 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 there's yeah the, the, the Snow White. There's a witch in there with the apple, right? Yep. yep. Prince Charming. Prince Charming is, um, I think that's Cinderella. Who kisses? Doesn't somebody kiss the apple lady? Well, yeah, there's a prince in most of them. There's Sorry, a prince prin- in that one. Prince, yeah. Not all of them, but there's all a right. prince character in most of them. All right. Some of the more modern I, I, ones I'm, are I'm, getting I'm away from the prince. Of, the, the fish. Who is the lady that was the fish? The Ariel. Was the, yeah, Ariel was the mermaid. And then, uh, the little mermaid. Little Mermaid, uh, then the one with Joffer, uh, Jasmine, um, Aladdin. Is that Sinbad or Jasmine? Aladdin. Yeah, Aladdin. Aladdin. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And Robin Williams have... played the genie in the animated one, and then Will Smith did the genie in the in the live no action pers- one, which I have not no seen. No perspective. Of <laughs> my any... favorite, my favorite though is Moana. I don't even know what that is. Is that? Yeah, it's a Disney about? princess. It's more recent. Within the last five years, I think, maybe older. So it sounds like a controlled substance, and I'm not sure I'm comfortable talking <laughs> about this right now. Is that is that it's like the South? A, it's South Pacific. It's all it's all about the Pacific Ocean, and um, and uh, the Rock plays Maui, the demigod Maui. Oof. It's re- it's a redemptive story and some great music. No, it's, it has nothing to do with the redemptive story. It's just the Rock. I don't get. I don't understand. Like they want. Hollywood wants him so much to be a leading guy, like aunt, like, and it's yeah. just, it's just not believable, you know. So, all right, he's fun rock in an animated feature, man. He's fun. He nails it. Okay, all right. Yeah. I see. I don't know. That's 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 the highlight of my my knowledge about Disney yeah. films. Of course, Fantasia. there's Sleeping Beauty. There's there's Sleeping Beauty. Oh, what's that? Is, that does Sleeping Beauty is no way with the same people. They're not. Yeah. No, nope. the apples puts the puts the Snow White to bed, right? But she's not a Sleeping Beauty. No, Sleeping Beauty, I think, is a spindle. I think we're just splitting hairs here, aren't we? <laughs> I, I don't even know. I watched Frost though, or Frozen, 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 Frost? yep, Frozen One and Frozen Two. I watched yep. that with my godchild, and it was uh, it was it was hard to follow. I, I wasn't sure what was hard going on. Follow. A lot of singing. I, you lose me when you start singing about stuff. I don't know what the, what's that, what it's all about. <laughs> you're not I, a musical, you're end, not a musical guy, huh? Well, I just don't understand. I never express myself in song, and that does that's that's a limit to limitation on my part. I, I feel like maybe myself in song. <laughs> you know, well, I just is that going to go in? Your, that can be your epitaph. <laughs> I never express myself in song. <laughs> well, I never protest either. You know this. So I work in process, right? I'm always the so what and what now. So when anybody goes out to protest and because I lived in DC, like you did, I would always have people come to the house and everybody would be like going nuts pre-gaming and then going out to protest. But mostly what they're doing is to have like a weekend or a day going crazy or whatever it is. 
And I just never partook in it. I just never thought about writing my emotions on a, a piece of paper and, and, and then going out. Cause I just feel like what, what, what are we doing next? What's, what's the process to, to, to actually advocate for change and to institute change. And so I never did that. Um, so I'm not a big performance artist, although we are on a podcast and we, uh, we did just have a lightning round about Disney. So I, don't know. <laughs> I think we've diverted from our usual subject matter. You wanted to talk about something in religious news. That's been, well, we've got a couple things. Well, I mean, we can, so we got a couple things, but we can talk about, so are you, are you, is, are you, are you guys, did you, did you just come out of a big party? Did you guys come out of like the, you know, the balloons streamers because of the Texas, Texas uh, abortion bill or. Oh yeah. The Texas abortion law. So yeah. And you're, I mean, you're are asking, you guys, you, are you, you guys, say you, guys. It up? You, you say you guys, you mean uh, evangelicals? Yeah. I mean, right. right know, word yeah, evangelicals, I mean, the pro-life you know, the pro-life, uh, you know, lobby, you know, all those, that, that business, yeah. you know, you know, I, I, I can't, I, I hesitate because I have a very personal story about this uh-huh. and I don't, and it's very, very, it's not difficult, but I've never recited it to somebody. I've never sure. said it out loud, yeah. Um, yeah. but um, I have a strange, so when I was, so answer the question, did you guys, okay. like, did, you, yeah. did you go, first of all, did you guys get a, like, was there a Facebook thing and did you guys all get together and. You know, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of chatter on social media. But the way I explained it to a friend of mine, because uh, a pastor friend of mine was kind of curious why he didn't see more elation. Uh, so what happened was last week, a federal um, the Supreme Court basically. What they did was declined to stop a Texas law from going into effect. Um, and so they allowed it to go into effect while um, it it could potentially um, be challenged through lawsuits and work its way through the courts back up to the Supreme Court. And so what it is, it's a type, I say type of heartbeat bill, meaning um, Texas is attempting to uh, restrict, uh, quote unquote, ban um, the uh, abortions starting at um, when a heartbeat can be detected in, in a baby uh, in utero. Uh, right. Which is around it's five like or six, six weeks. weeks. <clears throat> yeah, it's about six weeks plus or minus. And what it does, though, is it's the the challenge and the uniqueness of the Texas law is that it did not outright, as a criminal matter, ban the procedure. What it did was allow private citizens who are not government employees to sue people who are involved in in an abortion that it is illegal. And so instead of it being a criminal matter, it's more of a civil dispute that they're putting so for damages, which means that they, yeah, a bunch yeah. of lifers are going to get rich off this one. Well, um, yeah, maybe. Uh, so the people who would be, it seems um, like a pyramid scheme would, to me, but would be at risk would be naturally an abortion doctor who performs the abortion. Uh, it could be somebody who funded the procedure um, it could be someone who pressured a mother into the procedure. Um, the mother is not at risk of being sued. Um, that, I believe, is pretty clear in the Texas law. Um, right. So the Supreme Court basically is like, um, we're not sure who to enjoin here. Uh, enjoin basically means you know to stop um, oh, yeah. because it's basically all private citizens of Texas. So there's a little bit of a um, 
some have described, I think it's a stretch um, because I don't think it's the same thing. Uh, but some th- people have exaggerated and called it a vigil anti-law, uh, meaning that it's not something that's enforced by the state. It's enforced by private citizens, right? Um, and so what what they have kind of done is uh, thrown a, str- a strategic and legal curveball through the court systems. And that's why... Uh, you don't see necessarily celebrating in the streets from pro-lifers because it's a let's wait and see. The result right. is how effective is this going to be in the long term? Um, because the court, the Supreme Court last week did not rule on the merits of whether or not uh, life should be protected at right. heartbeat. It all it did was rule on a procedural nuance, which basically said the Texas law as it stands can go forward. Vigilante justice, so it's evangelical Sharia, is, is well, what you're saying. Well, no, I like I said, I'm not describing it as a vigilante. I am just acknowledging that it's it's more of a civil dispute, um, and so there's debate, frankly, within the pro life community, yeah. um, some strong debate um, among people who are concerned about the procedural avenue for this, um, okay. and are not sure whether it's going to bear fruit in the long run for the movement. Um, and I think you have a lot of people just kind of withholding judgment. Um, a lot of people are saying, look, this is a ban that is at uh, five to six weeks. It's a civil matter. So it's either creative or strategic or sneaky, depending upon your view of the uh, the legality of it all. Um, but what's more important is some people... Um, will say the uh, the big league game basically is not Texas. It's actually um, the Dobbs case um, from, I think, Mississippi um, that's going to be heard at the Supreme Court in the next term, um, probably late fall, early winter. And that, I believe, is a – I'm a little foggy, but I think it's a 15-week ban, uh, which is a little more mainstream. It's a little more where most Americans are. Um, it's, sec- you know, second trimester – um, and uh, people think that that case is more likely to be decided on the merits, right, than a procedural thing like Texas. So I think that's why you see a lot of uh, kind of little melancholy and, and some um, some debate. Um, I found the podcast over at the Dispatch dot com, the Dispatch dot com, uh, with David French to be pretty helpful, both on uh, advisory opinion, uh, the advisory opinions podcast where they go kind of a deep dive on the legal details, and then also on the Dispatch podcast where uh, he and Sarah Isger discuss the the politics, the American politics of, of abortion right now, which is really complex to be to be honest. Yeah, and public politics is tough. I mean, and but the the big thing is is the is the Supreme Court decided to sort of, you know, they made their judgment on this and, uh, and the, with the, and it's great because they get to, everybody kind of gets to say their stance, but they're there and, and kick it back to the state. And, but I think I, but I'm based on merit is, is really where this uh, on the basis of merit is where this law will be tested on the yeah, state I level. So. Right. And then, right. and then sooner or later that those cases will go up to the Supreme Court, I would assume will muddle their way up. And, yeah. uh, and then the, 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 the justices will have to then weigh in on this stuff, but it, it allows them to it allows the conservative justices to make us take a stance. And I was reading one article and about how, you know, Roberts has lost control of the court. You know, he was, you know, so <laughs> he had to descend. He went into, you know, and so, 
and I think there's so much drama associated with, you know, the, this certainly yeah. yeah. politics. But, but you know, but even even the five in the majority went out of their way to enunciate, "We are not ruling on the merits of this. This is a procedural thing." Right. Uh, and so, both on the you know, both on the pro-life side, and on the progressive side, the you know, the uh, the pro-choice side, people chatting about you know, Roe being toppled or whatever uh, by Texas, no such thing has happened. Uh, even Hillary Clinton was on a Twitter rant about how, how damaging this rose to Roe. Nothing has happened, right? Um, it's uh, the pro-life side in Texas specifically has won a procedural maneuver um, that bears with it its own risk, and we're all kind of watching to see how it plays out. All right. Well, so no party. But, no party yet, but I described it. For... It's, you know, it's it's football season, so I described it to my pastor friend. I said, "Look, it's forward motion, but it ain't a touchdown, and it's probably not even a first down, really, except for the fact that it kind of stopped the clock in a way because of the legal procedure, right? So, if we're, you know, football is a great metaphor for politics. Um, so, for the pro life movement, it's it's a kind of forward motion, but the play is definitely under review. All right, well. Yeah, I I can't. I have so much mixed feelings about all this stuff. So sure, who doesn't? Um, well, and you know, there's some great polling out by Ryan Burge, who's a. Uh, um, if I can find it, I'll drop it in the show notes. Um, who's a political scientist, and um, it's really hard to decipher where Americans are on abortion, really, because the polling is mostly terrible. Um, if you ask specifics, you know, people say, you know, abortion, well, that's a wide range of stuff, right? If you specify heartbeat bill, you know, early, you know, first trimester versus like late trimester, you know, third trimester, late term abortions, you're going to get wildly different opinions. Individuals are pretty nuanced on their opinions if you ask, you know, specific questions. Yes. If you just ask something about Roe v. Wade and should it or should it not be overturned, like that's a placeholder for, it's like a Rorschach test. Right. Uh, the, the question is meaningless because so many people uh, perceive that law different, that that court ruling from the 70s um, in a different way. Right. So even if you're just you're asking either just a blanket about abortion, full stop, and you're not yeah. specifying about about um, about uh, gestation period and you're not specifying or if you ask a question about Roe and you're not specifying what exactly that means, uh, because really that's the, the legal landscape as we live in it is more under Casey, which is like circa 1990. Um, so it's really not specifically a Roe uh, legal environment. It's more of a Casey, which adds context and, and, and uh, <laughs> nuance to Roe um, that actually allows I just, states to you, all this do some regulation. Roe and cases, yeah. and cases of Roe, it just makes me think of caviar. And I love caviar. Okay, so I'll be honest with you. But I have a see. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I don't personally. But so I where, where I'll, I'll I'll take a stab at sharing the story with you, if you want. If when you want. I was, you know, when when I was younger, uh, in in my youth, I had this girl that this 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 girlfriend that I went out with for about five years. We had this wonderful relationship. We're in love, and and uh, we she got pregnant. And she wanted an abortion. And it was such a strange moment in time because 
virtually had no say in the matter, but I had to be supportive throughout the entire process. And it was, it was, it was very, very difficult because to manage all the feelings of what was going on with the decision that was already made and not being a part of that decision-making. And so we went through the entire process and it was so traumatic, the process, but you had to be like supportive of her decision and supportive of her. And so, but there's much more to it. If you're a couple that's in love and that child's yours and you know, I, and, and so, I mean, I can get into the minutiae, but I don't really want to without getting sure. too, too complex. But the problem is, is that as I went through that process with her, it was very hard to manage because you weren't, it wasn't like she was saying, what, you're not pro, you're not pro-choice. And it was, no, I made this decision. This is what I'm going to do. And, and there was no, there was no, there was no leeway on the decision-making process. And so she essentially, I mean, she, I say essentially she um, uh, purposefully and very, and, and, and very matter of factly uh, destroyed our child. Uh, and in doing so um, it changed the dynamics of our relationship a little bit because it didn't, there was no, again, there was no participation. There was no, it, you had to, you had to, you had to support the decision. You had to support her. You had to be, do all the things that you needed to do. Um, because you love this person and you, but in the same respect, it was such a one-sided look and you were pushed out of it or I was pushed out of it. So I, after my opinion of before then was pro-choice, my opinion now is muddled in all these nuances and these situations, you know, I mean, in situations of rape and this and that, and boop, 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 you know, couples need to make a choice. I still think, I think the man should have a choice in how he weighs in on this, you know, and I know that's a hate crime to say, you know, to, you know and then you say men have 20% of the choice, but the, they don't, nobody at the women has veto power. And, and all I can say is that I don't want to say I think about it every day, but it, it's a, it's a little heavy. You know, uh, uh, throughout, and, and I don't have, I don't, I don't have a lot of regrets in my life. And this is not a regret from a standpoint of, I can, you can't force somebody to do something. And that wasn't my intent. And that's not what I'm speaking about, but there wasn't any conversation to softball the decision-making to the point where you could get to a point where you can make a decision or get into it. It was just, I need your support. This is what I've decided. This is what's going on. And before you know, I know it, you're on a runaway train. So, um, but it it was, I mean, I could say that then it was painful and, and it was traumatic. And even now when I'm talking, I have that feeling when you're on top of a cliff and you have your hands get tingly. So I, I know there's some kind of response in my body to it, uh, to what occurred. But so when I think about all these abortion bills and the politics behind it and stuff like that, my instinct is a joke. Right. And then to to take 10 steps back, but yeah. Um, that occurrence in my life has, it's, it's made everything much more confusing. And, you know, part of me wants to say, well, it, it there's, you can't do it. It has nothing to do with more of a life's choice as much as do it. Like if two people are together and they're interacting in a way in which that's loving and all this other business, shouldn't the politics of that 
of abortion step out of it and and can't the two of the two people come to some kind of agreement on what it is together um and uh that lack of because you know it's like it's like someone saying i'm i'm going to it's like you turn around and us we have a relationship and you're saying you want to know what i decided to rob a bank today and i'm like wait a minute you're like i made the decision and we're going to go rob the bank. You know what I mean? And I'm in the middle of this whole thing and I haven't made the decision. You're like, well, it's crossing base is robbing banks today, you know? And, uh, and, and, and we're, we're going through the motions of all this stuff or I'm going through the motions of, but you're, you're, you're just stalwart about it. You're like, this is what's happening. And, and so I think with any decision, particularly at this magnitude, because of the purpose of it behind two individuals, and, and pe- many people, ha- you know, have get in that situation and can figure something out. I just, I'm very, it's a, it's a hard, it's always it hard to bear. And even still, it's hard to think about, you know? Yeah. Well, so. you know, first thing, thank you for sharing that. That's, um, it's a very personal story. Um, and I think though, you know, I, I think you, you, there are probably a lot more folks out there like you. Uh, men and women who are conflicted about yeah. about the abortion issue because of some personal experiences. And I think uh, we in the advocacy community uh, can sometimes lose sight of that. Uh, and sometimes in our communication, um, while we are, you know, we, we are pro-life and we uh, believe that life um, begins at conception and we want to support life through, um, you know, through the prenatal period and, and afterwards, um, and, and I think we do so uh, pretty well in the, in the pro-life community by and large. Um, you know, we got to talk about this stuff uh, where it meets people. Right. Um, and, and yeah, have, I think more, more people have personal stories like that, 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 that um, influence their view on the public policy uh, than I think we sometimes, sometimes allow even people who might, you know, might be friendly to us. I mean, your, your, your story kind of, uh, proves the the data right that I was citing earlier from Ryan Burge that people have conflicting uh, views on this thing, um, often from, you know, personal experiences. Yeah, I just think it's it's one of those things. It's just a strange like even now I'm still because you have to on one end, you got to, you know, it's pro-life. you got to be you know supportive of the unborn. And then you have this other side of it, which takes it that whole argument to me takes it makes it very um it's whitewashing it in a way in which it makes it very sort of procedural. Right? And then yeah. you have, uh, you know, the, the uh, uh, pro-choice, which is about a woman being in control of her whole body. And, and I, I get both of them. Right. Uh, but I also being from my, my personal experience is, is very difficult to, like I said, go along with a decision where, where, and you have no say, and it's so profound what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, and, and the, the end results is, is something that can be very, can be lasting, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, but, well, and I understand, and, sorry, go ahead. Well, and I, you know, I, I don't have the experience from the abortion side of things, but my wife and I uh, experienced two miscarriages before we yeah. had um, a successful birth. And I, you know, that 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 affects a dad. Um, yeah, uh, I think it, it affects dads um, more than we might um, like to admit. Now, maybe not maybe not all dads, um, uh, but for those of us who have a sense um, of the sanctity of life and and human dignity, um, 
you know, that, that, that can wreck a guy. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I, I, I see at least, at least within the evangelical space, I'm starting to see more guys, um, more fathers, um, talk about that kind of experience, um, yeah. from a fatherhood perspective. Yeah. I, I, I experienced that as well in, in my, uh, when, when I, when I was married, in particular the first year of married, um, and, and it was, it was, it, it, it is very difficult to bear as well. A little bit more, it's always will. You know, that whole business, you know what I mean? You know, it's God's will, you know, that whole stuff, yeah, but sure. it's not comforting. That's no, not, it's not, that's not, comforting. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's not as, it's not as easy as a, as a checkbox. It's a, it's much easier though, when you don't, when it's no one's decision, but it's, you also are dealing with the trauma and the, that happens, uh, an emotional and physical trauma yeah. that happens still as a result of a miscarriage, yeah. you know, that's yeah. huge. So, yeah. but, uh, but anyways, that's my that's my take. So we've uh, evangelical Sharia. We went win. we went more profound than we anticipated. I think, John. Yeah, I don't know how profound it was, but I I think it's it's I think it, there needs to be plain talk when it comes to these sort of things. It's like, why are you so passionate about pro life? Is it because if it wasn't pro life, it'd just be anti max anti mask? Right. Do you? Because then that <laughs> right. super, makes everything superficial. <laughs> If you don't have, uh, you can, everybody can have opinions in America, so it doesn't matter, but it helps to have thoughtful conversations between individuals. And I know what the criticisms that are going to happen here. It's going to say, well, you know, somebody to say pro-life or, 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 um, you know, people to say pro-life or, or, you know, pro-choice and, and people say there's two dudes just talking about this stuff. But the fact is, is like, we're not, I'm not, I wasn't exempt from experience going through this experience because I was in a loving relationship with somebody in it. And it, and this is something that affected that we had to deal with, but in many respects, like I said, I didn't deal with it because it was, it was thrust upon me. And then all of the social norms, you had to kind of uh, constructs, you had to endeavor to uh, execute and persevere with because you're supportive of somebody you care about. So, um, and I'm sure it goes the other way. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's, you know, um, and I don't, I can't answer the question. If someone turned around and said, well, what did you expect? She didn't want to keep the baby and you wanted, she, and you were, she was, and because you wanted to keep it, she wanted to, she was supposed to carry it for nine months. You know, like I, I'm not saying any of that. I I really don't know because I wasn't, but I I wasn't presented with that case, you know? Um, So I think it's, I I don't have an answer for anybody who's going to rage on me about that, but I do, I do have, the feel feelings still associated with that moment in time and it carries it's carried with me all these years. And it's very, it's a, it's just really uncomfortable. It's like I said, it's like being on the precipice Mm -hmm. of a, of a cliff and you're looking down and your hands get all tingly. That's the, that's the feeling. So, and it's, you know, and I, and it, it is, it's, it's, it's just a, it's just a feeling, but I don't know. I don't know where that leaves me on the stance of pro or anti uh, pro choice or, or, or pro-life. I still don't know because there's such a nuanced approach, which is why I stay out of domestic politics. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you, you, he who says I stay out of domestic politics and then you, you throw curveballs at me to answer. <laughs> well, I just feel like... Which is fair. Which is fair. To be fair, I, I am more the domestic politics guy. 
between well, the two. Well, and we, we don't really get into it too much. You know, we don't, I mean, the next, if we, if we talk about the next subject, we'll get into it because we've been talking a little while. Maybe we save it for next time. I don't know. Yeah, let's is, save it. Let's save it and do a short on it because I think this is good. We, we, we okay. did a lot of stuff. All right. Here. So Evangelical Sharia in place in Texas, big win for the Evangelical, the evangelical Taliban. If you want to know what the Taliban is like in America, go to Texas. Oh, stop it. Come on. Oh, Come stop on. it. Stop it. <laughs> stop Stop reading Twitter. They did kill a president, you know, down there. Well, a, a, guy killed, a guy killed a president. I'm pretty sure it was a conspiracy. Or, cons- or conspiracy theory killed a president, but Texans broadly did not kill a, Tex- did okay, not kill so- a president. Okay, so... I just had a, a buddy of mine. So we do, we go through these exercises and we say, okay, one period of time you'd like to go to one person you'd like to meet one person you'd have a conversation with. We go through this whole thing. And uh, do we have time for this? This story? Do we have or, or Make no? it quick. Sure. And he goes, so he said, he said, he was talking about some movie about how they find a time machine and he's got to go back in time to stop mm-hmm. the Kennedy assassination. And my response was not interested. Like it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. First of all, if I can go back in time to the time of the assassination and they say, all those movies end up the same way. You're running, you know, to try to stop something and no one believes you. So my biggest thing is to figure out what Oswald was in the book depository, but he went downstairs to get like a, a soda and a sandwich in the middle of the assassination. That must've been some sandwich. I would like to get one of those sandwiches. What do you think? <laughs> Would you try to stop the assassination? If someone test charged out. you with it? Test Would you do out, it? Test out the assassination? Try to stop like, it. Oh, try to stop it. So, so Dr. Wu shows yeah, yeah. up at this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, it's, you, you know, stop the Kennedy assassination. I don't know, man. It, de- it depends on which theory of time travel... Uh, you buy into does it just change the timeline or does it create multiple timelines oh so you're thinking too hard who cares if it changes the timeline who cares <laughs> like what difference does it well, make? You know, have, have you like, watched it, uh have you watched the umbrella academy yes i have, I have yeah watched the umbrella. so they they, yeah. they have that scenario right it inter it, without without any spoilers there's a time travel scenario where it's yeah. plausible someone could save jfk's life Right. But, you know, like here's the thing. Two. Isn't JFK really the Trump of the 60s? Because he, he puts his brother in, in, in charge of the uh, of the uh, he's the attorney general. It's all nepotism. They killed Marilyn Monroe, presumably. The guy was pretty. Was, was, they were. <laughs> we're going pretty far afield now. <laughs> what? I, I just don't know. I, first of all, it has nothing to do with his politics and it has nothing to do with his presidency. As far as I'm concerned, I just don't want to be that guy running through the streets trying to save the president and, and no one's listening to you. And the food must have been so delicious, delicious. Down there. I mean, a Texas diner in the, from the 60s, the B&G must have been unbelievable. The biscuits, I mean, the biscuits and gravy. We're talking about. Maybe. You don't think so? Maybe. You'd be first in line for a pork sandwich. First in line. <laughs> I would try it. I'm just not. I'm not assuming the nostalgia of it all that the food that the food's going to be better than we have now. It would have to. They'd have to. It'd have to be like a. I would be. I'd be all over the food. I'd be like, I'm going to the. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> saying I. Not... I'm. Be, I'd be there for the food. I'm just not going to presume that it's necessarily better than what we have now. 
Right. All right. Well, here's a good, here's a question. Here's we'll end it with this. One person that you can meet from history. It doesn't matter where, what time period. It can't be oh. like, you know, is, is it going to be Jesus? Are you going to pull that? No, I'm not going to pull that. That's too easy for most Christians. Well, it's, you know, and your religion's really Pauline doctrine. So you wouldn't want to meet Jesus because he would, he would lay down the smackdown on you and he'd say, you need to be in, in adherence to the law. And that means Jewish law. It's Rosh Hashanah, by the way. Happy Rosh Hashanah. To, and then we're heading towards Sukkot, which yeah. is my favorite Jewish holiday. Yeah. Why is it your favorite Jewish holiday? They make this thing that's called, and they do this thing called Luau, and they have uh, like a, 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 a structure. I can't remember what it's called. And, uh, and it's very festive. It's the harvest. You know, I, I, really, I really appreciate the ritual of it all. You know, and it's a very inviting, homey atmosphere. It's really kind of cool, Sukkot. Uh, you know, they, they, they take a few herbs and they do a little bit of this. And, and I, I got to get this, uh, this rabbi. He's coming on onto our show. He's just worried. I'm, I, he, it's, it's a high holiday. So next week, he's gonna, we're, we're going to try to noodle over time. And I will not invite you into the room. I'll invite you to the meeting because the last meeting, I totally time. <laughs> so, you don't, so you're not... It's not going to be, uh, you're not telling me who, who you'd like to meet. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to break, I'm going to stretch the rules and say that my, my view might change, but I'm in a doctoral program. And right now we're le- reading up on history of political thought and, uh, particularly from a Christian point of view. And so I've stepped into the waters again with Justin Martyr and some other, other early Christian fathers, um, and uh, those guys would be pretty interesting to hang with because of my interest in religion and politics, because you have a really young faith. You're talking second century Christianity, second, second and third century Christianity who are wrestling with what it means for Christians who are supposed to be part of this kingdom of God uh, to be living and interacting with the rest of the world. Uh, and so I'm, I'm reading through some of that material now, and I think it'd be pretty interesting to hang with uh, Justin Martyr and some of those guys who were doing a, and interacting with a lot of uh, particularly Greek philosophy um, as kind of a, as kind of the water in which they swam and then, uh, then using what they knew from the Bible um, or at least most of what we had as the Bible then um, and, and, trying to reconcile what it means in the governing context of their time. So that would be, an, that, that, that's my complicated answer that could change com- over the course of the semester. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, how about I, you? I, you got to answer that question now. It's hard to, it's hard to answer. Um, but my, my instinct is to say Alexander Hamilton, cause you know, I'm a Hamiltonian fellow. So my, that's right. my instinct is to be in that camp. Or Jack Reed, and I'm going to get like you know all your all the anti-socialists will freak out. But like I've modeled my life after sort of three people, and Hamilton is one of them. Uh, George Washington is the other, and and Jack Reed is 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 the, is the third. So Jack Reed, uh, journalist, only American that's planted in Red Square. That that's that, that it's he's actually in it. And he just, he was a journalist, but he always felt like you have to be an active participant in the action in, in whatever event uh, is happening. And uh, so that's why after my entire career, all I've done is go into the field. You know, we just, don't just implement policy. Don't, and in order to inform on yourself on policy, you've got to have one foot, at least one foot in the field, if not put your entire self in jeopardy. 
um, participating in the event. So, you know, the Arab Spring, you know, that was my jam. It was there, you know. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, all this stuff in Afghanistan, you know, Iraq and multi-faith engagement and and uh, all the countries I've been in. Russia, you know, was there in the 90s. And so, um, but Jack Reed would be a good one. Uh, so it, it'd be difficult to, to debate, but I think Hamilton would be fun. And uh, we could we could savage Aaron Burr. And uh, I think we could make fun of Texas, <laughs> which is one of my passions. <laughs> Clearly, that, there, there you disclose the real reason that you wanted to talk about the Texas abortion law. See, you got a book in for the program. I have a Texan here that works here. I, and, and, I, and I'll tell you why I hire. I tell, I'll tell you exactly why I said her. I said, I'm hiring you because you have a code of, con- you, have a code, you have an honor code. And your number two is you have a work ethic. And number three, you're a know-it-all. So, you know, so whatever I don't know what to do here, you're going to weigh in on because every time if you don't, you never knew how much you didn't know until you go to Texas and they say, oh, you know, I'm thinking about getting a, uh, thinking about getting a sandwich sandwich. You don't know sandwiches in Texas. We have it doesn't matter what it is. It could be anything. I'm thinking about, you know, cop fixing my shoe cobbling. You don't know anything in Texas. We it doesn't matter what it is. That's the next thing that comes out of the person's mouth. And admittedly, they uh, they do. Uh, I they may not know, but they do weigh in on everything. And Texas does do it differently, whatever it is. I don't know if it's better, but the Texas toast is big. I'll give them that much. Um, I did ride a bull once in Texas. That's a story maybe for another time. I was coaxed yeah, into that story for another time. I've not ridden a bull. It's 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 terrible. Let me just tell you right now. I didn't understand before, and I still understand now why you would even get on a bull. So the whole thing, not only is treacherous, but it is, uh, uh, it's traumatizing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a freak show. And if you don't get the proper directions and don't know all the procedural things, it can, it can be very dangerous. So that's yeah. a little hint about my experience. But right. then barbecue is, there's a lot of barbecue, different types of yeah. barbecue there, from yeah. what I understand. So next up, maybe one of our next possible discussion points at a, on a future episode may be, is there a religious freedom exemption from the COVID vaccine? We're not going to spoil it right now, but that's probably what we're going to talk about next time because we ran out of time today. Yeah. John Pinna, send me one of those fancy customized donuts. It's just real. Well, you know, I know what. One of these days, I'll hop on a plane and we'll try to get them some to you, semi warm. But you guys should come up here with Crystal and we and should. Your little girl and and uh, have beautiful Hudson Valley in the fall. Everybody comes here from all over the world. Yeah, I need thinking? to make it to Hudson Valley. All right, you know, see the American We're Revolution. Overdue. We're overdue. Yeah. But thanks for taking the time today, Bob. Likewise, my friend. This is Crossing right. Faiths.